Happy Valentine's Day, Big East fans. Love and romance may be in the air, but on the hardwood, different things are in the air. And when I say that, I specifically mean teams' NCAA tournament hopes, hopes of securing a first-round bye in the Big East tournament, and in some very few teams' cases, a chance at a Big East regular season title. I'll talk about all that and more here on this brand new edition of the Igloo covering Big East women's basketball. Well, like I said, starting covering Big East women's hoops on this episode, got the men's episode tomorrow, and it's only appropriate that I got this women's episode here today because one month from today, the bracket for the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament will be revealed. I know yesterday was the Super Bowl, and one month from that day will be when the men's bracket gets revealed. Which, by the way, March Madness is the best annual sporting event in this country. Even better than the Super Bowl, and I will gladly die on that hill. But let's go into things that happened on the hardwood in Big East women's basketball over the weekend. Starting with the 8th ranked UConn Huskies. Just demolishing DePaul. And this is a shorthanded UConn squad. Again, still without pagebackers. Still no Caroline Ducharme. Still no Olivia Nelson Adota. So no Beckers. No Ducharme. No ONO. No problem. The Huskies annihilate DePaul and hold them to a season-low 60 points in their annual play-for-K game, winning 84-60. to And they were up big at the break. It was 42-29. to And the lead got up to 20 after 3. It was 69-49. And for UConn, they needed... Certain players to really step up big time in this one. And arguably, no one needed to step up more than Dorka Juhas, who has to step in as the starting five for the Huskies in place of Olivia Nelson Adota. And she responded with 22 points, a season high in 25 minutes played. 8 for 12 from the floor, 2 of 3 from deep, 8 boards, 4 assists as well. And then they got 20 from Kristen Williams, 19 from Aaliyah Edwards, and Edwards was another player that the Huskies needed big contributions from, and she delivered. She was 8 for 13 from the floor, 6 boards, 3 assists. Nika Mule did a little bit of everything, 9 points, 5 boards, and 5 assists, 4 for 8 from the floor, 1 of 2 from deep. AZ Fudd had a bit of an off day. You know, every good shooter is bound to have one of those days. And 
Friday night just happened to be that. She scored just four points, grabbed six rebounds, was two for 11 from the floor, 0 for 7 from behind the arc. But off the bench, Avina Westbrook stepped up big time. 28 minutes played, 10 points, four boards, five assists, five of nine from the floor. And UConn going up against the number one rebounder in the country. The team out-rebounds to Paul, 47-37. And Anissa Morrow, who is the nation's leading rebounder, still got her, still got her bag in this game. 20 points, 16 rebounds, 9 for 20 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3. And then Deja Church had 17 points, 5 assists, 6 of 12 from the floor, 1 of 3 from behind the arc. By the way, for DePaul, no Sonia Morris, who entered the game, if I'm not mistaken, second in scoring on the team. So without their second leading scorer, Kiara Collier starts in her place. Five points, five boards, two of six from the floor, one of four from three. Lexi held a rough night for the senior. Just two of 14 from the floor, one of nine from deep. And then Darion Rogers, six points all from behind the arc where she was two for six and she was just two for 11 from the floor. And then the only player to score off the bench, Kendall Holmes, with five points on two of five shooting, one for four from deep in 25 minutes. So big win for the Huskies as they avoid back-to-back losses for the first time in nearly 30 years. Now, let's go into Marquette Villanova. This was a really good game. And Marquette was up at the half, 35-31. But Maddie Segrist would not be denied in this game. And Villanova, I guarantee they're probably thinking to themselves that we cannot lose this game, especially coming off the high of beating UConn just two nights prior. They knew they needed to prove that it wasn't a fluke, so to speak. Well, they forced overtime at 58, and then in OT, it was all Nova, and specifically, it was pretty much all, it was Maddie Segrist, Time to shine. In overtime and throughout regulation, she finishes with a game high 42 points and 13 rebounds as the Wildcats win their ninth straight by a final score of 74 63 in overtime. Segrist, 14 of 25 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3. And then by the way, no Lior Garzon for Nova. But Brianna Hurley emerged as the Robin again to Seeger's Batman. 14 points, 7 boards, 3 assists, 6 of 17 from the floor, 2 of 7 from deep. And then as for the other starters, Brooke Mullen, 9 points on the night, 3 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 5 from deep. Bella Runyon with 4 points who got the star in place of the 
absent Garzon. Lucy also with two points. And then the only player to score off the bench was Caitlin Orahel, who knocked down a three-pointer. And the big thing in overtime, I mean, Seagras did a lot of the work. Brianna Hurley, he, after Seagras scored the first four points of overtime, Hurley, he knocked, it, knocked down a jumper to get it to six. And then the separation really came when, you know, Seagras, it came in the form of Seagras, Runyon, and then free throws from Seagras. And that was pretty much a wrap. As for Marquette, they got a team-high 14 from Jordan King. 13 each from Lauren Van Clunen and Chloe Murata. And Murata put up a double-double. 13 points, 13 rebounds on 6 of 11 shooting. Van Clunen almost got a double-double with 9 rebounds, but was 4 for 17 from the floor. Liza Carlin, 6 points, 6 boards, 3 of 10 from the floor. Carissa McLaughlin... 7 points, 2 of 5 from deep, 2 of 9 from the floor, 1 of 2 from the free throw line. But off the bench, they got some big-time contributions from the sophomore, Antoinette Walker, off the bench. Scored 10 points in just 13 minutes, 4 of 6 from the field, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Big win for Nova. That's now That made it 9 in a row for the Cats. Meanwhile, in Queens... Utter domination from St. John's against Georgetown. They were up 43-14 at the half. And they roll to a 79-45 drubbing of the Hoyas. And they got a lot from the bench. Their two leading scorers were off the bench. Daniel Patterson with 13. Unique Drake with 12. As for the starters, Leilani Correa, not a great shooting day. 5 for 17 from the floor, 1 of 4 from deep, 11 points, 6 boards, 3 assists. Raven Peoples, 10 points, 8 boards. Danielle Cosgrove scored 8 points in 18 minutes, 3 of 6 from the floor, and 2 for 4 from deep. Kemri Clegg, 8 points, 3 boards, 4 assists. Kadasia Bailey did a little bit of everything, 6 points, 9 boards, 6 assists. And then off the bench, five back to the bench, Emma Nolan with five points. A pair of three-pointers from Sarah Zabrecki as well. Going back to Georgetown, and not to mention St. John's dominated the glass. 52-26, doubling up the Hoyas. Georgetown, though, they just couldn't get their shots to fall. They shot just 28... Per- they shot just... They shot just 28% from the floor. Two for 23. From deep. And their leading scorer, they only had one player in double figures. That was Kelsey Ransom. 11.7 boards and a couple assists. Four of eight from the floor. And again, still no Grace Ann Bennett. Actually, no, Grace Ann Bennett did come back in this game, um, scoring three points and grabbing a couple rebounds, you know, and I commend Grace Ann for, you know, playing, you know, she took the necessary time immediately after 
um, the unfortunate passing of her mother, but you know, and I credit her for fighting through it and playing in this game, scoring three points in 18 minutes. Shania Wright was scoreless in this game in eight minutes. Brianna Scott, three points, five boards in 23 minutes. Milan Bolden-Morris, rough night. Two for 10 from the floor, one of eight from three, just five points. Kaylin West, though, with eight points on four of eight shooting. And then they got nine points off the bench from Ariel Jenkins. Two points each from Jillian Archer and Anita Kaleva. And two points from Kalia Myricks. So, Georgetown continuing to slide. That was loss number four in a row for the Hoyas. But St. John's starting to get on a roll. That was their third consecutive win. Now to Friartown. Butler still looking for their first conference win, and they got up. 32-26 32-26 of the break. And then the second half, it was all Friars. They outscored the Bulldogs 38-21 and route to a 64-53 win. And it was a pretty balanced effort from the Friars. Coach Jim Crowley going with only eight players. And Olivia Olson leads the way with 13 points and 11 rebounds off the bench on 5 of 12 shooting. And they got three other players in double figures. Mary Baskerville with 11 also, 11 points from Kylie Shepard, who was 4 for 5 from the floor and 3 for 4 from deep. Janae Crooms did a little bit of everything. 10 points, 8 boards, and 8 assists, which made up, you know, the rebounds and assists made up for the fact, you know, not a great shooting night. 4 for 14 from the floor, 1 of 5 from deep. Nariah Scott really struggled. 1 for 10 from the floor, 1 of 7 from deep to finish with just 3 points. Alyssa Geary who along with Baskerville both fouled out, you know, and their limits, their minutes were limited in this one. Baskerville, just 19 minutes. Geary, just 16, but scored seven points in those 16 minutes. Three for five from the floor, made her only three point attempt as well. And then they got five points from Audrey Koch and four from Grace Afosa Agubor. As for Butler, Selena Taborn did the bulk of the work, 24 points on 11 of 14 shooting, seven rebounds as well. Tenley Dowell with nine points, three of six from the floor, two of five from deep. Zoe Jackson, three for 10 from the floor, one for four from deep. Sydney James, four points on the night. Amelia Sexton was held scoreless, 0 for 7 from the floor and 0 for 6 from deep. And then off the bench, six points from Alex Richard and a three from Kendall Wingler. So Butler, the struggles only continue. They are now down to 0-12 in the conference with that loss. And then let's head out to somewhere in middle America, shall we? Creighton hosting Xavier. Xavier, by the way, the entire weekend were without Nia Clark, And Kate Satterfield missing the weekend due to a suspension after violating team rules. And Xavier, to their credit, they held their own at the half. They were down just 25-21.
but Creighton just steamrolled them in the second half to win 68-47. Lauren Jensen continuing to torch the Nets from deep. 18 points on 6 of 11 from behind the arc. Emma Ronzik, 13 points, 8 boards, 5 assists. Off the bench, Morgan Molly, 11 points, 4 of 9 from the floor, 3 for 6 from behind the arc. Carly Batchelor, 8 points, 6 rebounds. Tatum Rembaugh, 7, po- 7 points, eight bo- uh, 5 boards, and 8 assists. Almost stumbled over the stat line. And Rachel Saunders knocked down a couple threes on three attempts, finishing with 6 points and 7 rebounds. And Creighton, to their credit, dominated the glass, 41-22 in the rebound margin. 12 three-pointers made to compare to Xavier's only, they only made one three-pointer, and that came from McKay the Scarlet. But, you know, going back to the Jays, you know, Mallory Brake with three points, Molly Mogensen with two. So, looks like the Blue Jays are shaking off the unfortunate injury to Peyton Brodsky. As for Xavier, as I mentioned, Michaela Scarlett knocked down the only three-pointer of the game for the Musketeers. She finished with six points off the bench, two of five from the floor, one of two from deep. But back to the starters, Anaya Harrison, Shayla Beeler, each with 10 points. Harris, five for 10 from the floor. Beeler, five for eight. Ayanna Townsend with nine points and five boards. Courtney Pringer, just two points. Shelby Calhoun with eight points to go with three assists. And then Kasia Woods off the bench with two. Now to Sunday. Sticking with Xavier. Playing at Providence. All-access game, which I watched. You know, John Fanta, Kim Adams did a great job. Yes, they're on the call, but really it was... If you, if you watched it, you saw Head coach, head coaches Melanie Moore and Jim Crowley did, you know, they did most of the talking. Fanta and Kim were facilitators and did a great job of doing that. Dynamic duo on the call and did an excellent job on a broadcast that only happens once a year. And Providence came out with a lot of fire. They were up 20 to 10 after one. Xavier cut it down to four at the break. And there were times where Providence looked like they were going to run away. But Xavier, you know, they chipped away, chipped away. And they took the lead on a McKayla Scarlet three, 49-48. And it was a battle the last two minutes as it was tied at 55 at the 205 mark. But Michaela Scarlett comes up big with a huge three-pointer with 43 seconds left. And Providence, they just couldn't get that answer. And Xavier, you know, they iced the game at the free throw line. And a three by Alyssa Geary with about 10 seconds left. Got it down to two, but... Again, free throw shooting came up big in the last few seconds as getting those two free throws to seal the deal were Shayla Beeler. Now, Audrey Koch got 
a layup at the last second that got it back down to two, but by that point, there was only a second left, and that was pretty much game over. So Xavier, they complete the comeback. After trailing by as many as 13, and they went 62-60. And Scarlett led the way with 18 points on 4 of 11 shooting and 3 for 8 from deep. And she was the only Musketeer to knock down a 3 in this game. The rest of the team was 0 for 5 from deep. And of course, Scarlett made that big 3. Well, two big threes in the fourth. One that gave Xavier a 49-48 lead, and then the one that gave him the lead for good, 58-55 with under a minute left. And to Xavier's credit, you know, they got a lot of contributions, and it was well-balanced scoring. Anaya Harris with 12 points, 11 points, 9 boards from Shelby Calhoun, 10 points from Ayanna Townsend, 4 points, 5 boards from Courtney Pranger, Five points from Shayla Beeler, all from the free throw line where she was five for six to go with four assists. And then the only other player to score off the bench for Xavier was Megan Harkey with a couple free throws. You know, Xavier, if I remember correctly, I think they got 16 of their 29 first half points from the free throw line. They made 25 free throws on 31 attempts. Providence not bad from the free throw line either at 16 for 20. But Providence kind of was done in, but with 19 turnovers. So leading the way for the Friars again, Olivia Olson continuing her breakout weekend with 17 points and nine rebounds on seven of nine shooting. Only other Friar in double figures was another freshman. Kylie Shepard, who finished with 12 points and 5 boards, 4 of 10 from the floor, 2 for 6 from deep. Janae Crooms, 8 points on 3 of 12 shooting. Alyssa Gary, 2 for 4 from the floor, 1 of 3 from distance. Foul trouble again in this game, 7 points, 6 boards, and her only made 3-pointer was that 3-pointer I mentioned with only 10 seconds left. Now, Raya Scott, just 2 points. Mary Baskerville, only one point from the free throw line. But off the bench, they got six from Audrey Koch, four from Grace Afosa Agabor, and a three from Megan Herter. But Xavier, big road win at Alumni Hall. Now, let's talk Villanova Seton Hall. The Pirates. Getting on a roll. They're pretty hot. Villanova going into this game was on fire, having won nine in a row. And Villanova was up four after one, but Seton Hall really blew the doors open in the second in the second quarter. 23-10 to go up. 38-29 at the break. And thanks to a 33-point outing from Lauren Park Lane, who had really struggled in the handful of games leading up to this one. She goes the full the full 40 minutes, 33 points, 11 of 15 from the floor, 4 for 6 from deep to go with 6 boards and 4 assists. The Pirates snap the Wildcats' 9-game win streak, and they are now up to 5 in a row in the win column with a 72-60 win at Walsh on Super Bowl Sunday. 
Sidney Cooks, a double-double, 18 points and 10 rebounds. Andre Espinosa Hunter with 11 points and 9 rebounds. And for Cooks, by the way, she eclipsed the 1,000-point mark in her college career in this game, as did Katie Armstrong, who did it off the bench. Granted, she only scored two points, but that did take her over the 1,000-point mark in her career. Maya Jackson, five points on two of six shooting and one for three from behind the arc. And then Amari Wright got got three free throws to round out the scoring for the Pirates. As for Villanova, really struggled shooting the ball. Just 33.8% from the floor and 25% from behind the arc. Maddie Segrist with 31 points and 11 rebounds, 11 for 25 from the floor, 3 for 10 from deep. And Brianna Hurley had another good game, 14 points, 4 of 12 from the floor, 4 of 9 from deep. But outside of those two, they only got 15 combined points. And they were from the rest of the starters. So zero points from the bench. They got six from Lucy Olson, five from Brooke Mullen, and four from Lior Garzon, who didn't play Friday. And she really struggled. Four, uh, two for 11 from the floor, 0 for 5 from deep, to finish with just those four points, nine rebounds and four assists. Big win for the Pirates. That's now their fifth in the month of February, fifth win in a row. Now, how about a a downright thriller in the nation's capital? Georgetown was going to put DePaul on upset alert. They were up at halftime, 43-37. But DePaul, they came back and made it quite the ball game. After three, it was down to one, 61-60. And it was really, you know, back and forth game in the fourth quarter. And Anissa Morrow got a big floater in the lane at the horn to force overtime at 85. And in the fir- and it wouldn't be just one overtime they need. It looked like DePaul was going to run with it as they went up four with 149 to go. But Kelsey Ransom and Jillian Archer each got layups to force a second overtime tied at 94. But in the second overtime, Georgetown just simply ran out of gas. Once Sonia Morris knocked down a three, with about three minutes left in the second overtime, at that point, With Georgetown running out of gas, DePaul had enough in the tank to leave the nation's capital with a big 105-104 double overtime win that becomes their 20th win of the season. Gut-wrenching loss for Georgetown, who had that really good DePaul team on the ropes. But in the end, it came up just short. But again, credit the Hoyas for a well-played game and pushing that DePaul team to their limit. 
And Georgetown's not really one to be a high-scoring team, and yet they went blow-for-blow with one of the highest-scoring teams in the country. But Anissa Morrow, too much to handle. Another monster double-double. 28 points and 18 rebounds on 9 of 20 shooting and 2 for 3 from deep. 8 of 8 from the free throw line as well. And DePaul, 23 for 26 from the charity stripe. Georgetown, pretty solid at 15 for 20, but minus 8 from the free throw line and minus 15 from deep. As DePaul made 10 three-pointers compared to Georgetown's 5. And DePaul got out-rebounded yet again in this game, 45-38. For the rest of the Blue Demons, they had six players in double figures, all five starters included. 17 each from Darion Rogers and Deja Church, and Rogers was 5 for 8 from the floor and 2 for 2 from deep. Kiera Collier with 11 points. Lexi held 10 with 5 assists, but Sonia Morris coming off the bench after missing Friday night's game. 19 points, 8 for 14 from the floor and 2 for 4 from behind the arc. As for Georgetown, career night from Kelsey Ransom. 29 points, 9 boards, 6 assists, 12 of 17 from the floor. Milan Bolden-Morris with 18 points, 6 of 18 from the floor, 5 for 15 from deep. Ariel Jenkins inserted into the starting lineup, finished with 13 points, 5 boards. Brianna Scott with 5 points in 12 minutes. Caitlin West, 4 points, 6 assists on 1 of 9 shooting, playing 46 minutes in this one. But off the bench... Big contributions from Shania Wright and Jillian Archer. Archer with a double-double, 14 points, 15 rebounds on 7 of 10 shooting and 4 assists as well. Wright with 8 of 10 from the floor, 7 boards, 18 points. Wasn't pretty, and it took a lot out of them, but DePaul escapes the nation's capital with a win. But how about a record-breaking performance in Omaha? And bear in mind, Seton Hall, just 11 days prior to this, set a new Big East record with 19 made three-pointers in a game. And that record only stood for 11 days because Creighton obliterated it with 22 three-pointers. They were up 33-15 after one, and that pretty much set the tone. First and third quarters, they dominated If you want to add up the first and third quarters, Creighton outscored Butler 64-28. And the Blue Jays on the strength of 22 made threes, they blow out Butler 96-49. And let's go right into the three-point barrage because all but one of the eight players that stepped on the court for Creighton knocked down at least one three-pointer. Lauren Jensen made the most, seven of them, on 12 attempts to finish with 23 points. Morgan Molly knocked down six three-pointers off the bench on eight attempts to finish with 18 points. Emma Ronzik, three made three-pointers on six attempts, finished with 19 points, six of 13 from the field. Carly Batchelor, One made three-pointer on three attempts. Nine points, ten rebounds, four assists, three of five from from the floor overall. Rachel Saunders, one made three-pointer on six attempts. Four for ten from the floor. Nine points, four assists. Tatum Rembaugh, two made three-pointers on seven attempts. Six points, ten assists. Molly Mogensen, eight points, four assists, 
Two made three-pointers on four attempts, three for five from the floor. Mallory Brake was the only player to not make a three in, in this game for Creighton. But she did finish with four points and nine rebounds. And Creighton, on their 33 made field goal attempts, 30 of them were assisted. Just impeccable offense, as far as I'm concerned, from Jim Flannery's team. And they only turned the ball over four times the entire game. That's pretty impressive. Overall, 50% from the floor and 22 for 49 from deep. As for Butler, they were 16 for 50 from the floor, 6 for 23 from deep. They were led off the bench by Kendall Wingler, who knocked down four three-pointers on eight attempts. To the starters, Selena Taborn with 12, Amelia Sexton with 10, four from Sidney Janes, only two points from Tenley Dowell, and then off back to the bench, four points from Kate Tanner and three from Alex Richard. And then a scoreless day for the senior, Ellen Ross. So Creighton, they're now 13-4 in the league. Butler falls to 0-13. And then on Fox, 8th-ranked UConn at Marquette. Tie game after after half. It was 31-all, and Marquette was up 2 after 3 as it was Jordan King making a last-second layup to put them up two going into the fourth. But UConn stayed composed. And not only did they win, they blew Marquette out in the fourth quarter. And a big reason why was a three-point barrage from AZ Fudd. And, you know, she took over in the fourth quarter. She scored eight unanswered that got it from a three-point game to an 11-point game. And from there, it's just light work for UConn with the exclamation point being a dorky UHAS 3 with 18 seconds remaining. UConn wins big, 72-58. And again, they only played with 6 in this game. And it was AZ Fudd who took over in that fourth quarter. And she finished with a game-high 24 points. And 10 of those points came in the fourth quarter. 9 of 15 from the floor, 4 for 6 from behind the arc. I mean, even Marquette fans said, you know, once Fudd took that three-pointer that put that put him up 11, they knew once she got that shot off, they knew it was going in. That was going to be the dagger. Also worth noting, Dorka Yuhas continuing her dominance with 21 points, 8 of 15 from the floor, 3 for 5 from deep. Kristen Williams with 10 points, 15 off the bench from Avina Westbrook. And then Aaliyah Edwards finished with just 2 points and a scoreless day for Nika Mule. As for Marquette, Liza Carlin with 15 points and 9 boards on 7 of 10 shooting to lead the way for the Golden Eagles. 14 points and 5 assists from Jordan King. 10 points from Carissa McLaughlin, who was shooting 45% from deep going into this game, but was just 2 for 9 from deep in this one. 8 
8.9 boards from Chloe Murata, who was 3 for 3 from the floor. And 2 for 2 for the free throw line. Lauren Van Clunen, 7.7 boards, 3 of 10 from the floor. And then only 2 points each off the bench from Kennedy Miles and Antoinette Walker. So in this Big East Championship rematch, UConn wins big with an explosive fourth quarter run. They're now 11-1 in conference. Marquette falls to 10-5 in the league with that defeat. So let's talk about these midweek picks. And before I do that, on the last episode of the Igloo, I accidentally omitted who my pick was for the Final leg of the home-and-home between Georgetown and Creighton on the men's side. I I should have gone without saying, but I just wanted to just make sure I had it out there 100%. But I got Creighton winning at home. Even though it probably should have gone without saying, just wanted to say to make sure that it was on the record. Now, let's let's go into these midweek picks. Only two games on the docket. All Wednesday night, starting with Providence at Butler. Providence coming off that disappointing loss at home to Xavier. Butler still in search of their first conference win. They're 0-13 in the league. Providence now 5-10 in the league. And Butler, you know what? They really challenged Providence in the first half at Alumni Hall. You know, they got blown out in the second half. But given the fact that Butler just got run out of the gym by Creighton on 22 May three-pointers, I feel like that's going to light a fire underneath them. And Providence, I would imagine they're feeling just a little bit demoralized coming off that loss against Xavier in a game they really should have won. And they should have had in the bag, let's be real. But as ballsy of a pick as this may sound, I think Butler's going to win this game and get their first conference win of the year. And then Marquette DePaul. Marquette, they're sliding a bit. Having lost both of their games over the weekend. And the previous two games where they were at home against Providence and Creighton, they barely got by Providence and they barely got by Creighton. So with the way momentum is gone, I know DePaul played a game that took a lot out of them against Georgetown where they went where they went to double overtime. But DePaul came oh so close to beating them in Milwaukee and they lost in overtime in that one. So I got the Blue Demons avenging that loss getting the season split against the Golden Eagles and getting win number 21 on the season. So I'm going to take the Blue Demons. Will Marquette keep it close? Most likely, but don't be surprised if DePaul just finds a way to just blow the doors off of him. Maybe using a big second half. Hell, maybe even a big first half. But, you know, Anissa Morrow's too big of a problem. And... The offensive explosiveness of DePaul will win this game for them. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Igloo. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up tomorrow, 
will be the men's edition where, yes, two Big East teams fell out of the top 25 with Marquette and Xavier East dropping out. UConn barely stayed in, but now because of the new poll that came out today, we now have a big top 10 showdown going down tomorrow night. I'll talk about that and set the stage for the rest of the week on the men's side of the Big East on the next episode of the Igloo coming out tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. So until then, it's Timmy Ice signing off from the Igloo. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. Those that are in relationships, marriages, engaged, so on and so forth. And and happy Valentine's Day to all the single folks out there like myself. So thanks for tuning in again. Spread some love on this Valentine's Day and every day. And I'll see you next time here on the Igloo.